This is the best of investing on 860 AM, The Answer. The show that brings you valuable information about real estate, the financial markets, and other economic business of the day. Your host, Edward Brown, is a nationally recognized expert on money and investing who has appeared on CNN and has published numerous articles in national business magazines and newspapers. Now, your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown. Welcome. You're listening to The Best of Investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host for the day, Dane Moeller of Primary Residential Mortgage. Uh, Mark Honf and Nam Fon are off today. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate given away during this show. And that certificate is not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Today's trivia theme is miscellaneous trivia. So, Dane, you've been on the show a couple of times. Uh, welcome back. Great to have you. Yeah. yeah, happy to be back. Thank you very much. Good. All right. So you are quite the extraordinary uh um, mortgage broker. Uh, are you actually the broker of record of uh, a primary residential mortgage? Or no, no, I'm certainly not. Uh, primary residential is a pretty large company. Uh, they did 12 billion in lending last year. Uh, I'm a division president here in ah. the Bay Area, uh, and we are a direct lender. So uh, okay. we do broker, but mainly we are the one lending the funds. Gotcha. I mean, I I, I knew you were El Presidente, but I wasn't sure yeah. if uh, it was okay. <laughs> Just of this area division, um, Ken Knudsen in Salt Lake City is the uh, CEO, and he's the head head boss. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's start off. Tell us what's going on uh, in the re- residential uh, mortgage market, because everyone's talking about rates going up. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been going up and going up quickly. You know, um, it has been the outlook for quite some time that rates would increase. Uh, if you'd asked me on the First day of the year, when we would get to 4%, I probably would have said, you know, fourth quarter, maybe third quarter, and we're there now. Um, wow. Interest rates have gone up over 1% since December 1st. So uh, in 60-plus days, we've seen an over 1% increase. On okay, and the, but that's not exactly correlated with the prime rate, right? Because the prime, have they even changed the prime rate yet? No, no, the prime rate hasn't changed. So uh, the Fed, which controls the federal funds rate, which prime is tied to, right? Prime is 3% above the federal funds rate. That's at the very shortest end of the interest interest rate spectrum, right? That's the overnight borrowing rate. That's where banks borrow from the government tonight to tomorrow, right? So the shortest thing you can get just overnight. Yeah. Mortgages, uh, very long term, right? We're talking 30 years, yeah. maybe 15, maybe 20. So it's a very other end of the lending uh, and borrowing spectrum. Uh, so the Fed doesn't control that. Now, that being said, just like the stock market reacts to what the Fed is going to do or what they do, mortgage rates do as well, right? So nothing exists in a vacuum. And the Fed indicating and promising they will raise rates, the mortgage market is getting ahead of that, just like the stock market's having all kinds of ups and downs as they come to terms with, you know, what is what do these changes mean for borrowing costs for businesses and um, and for our economy as a whole. Yeah, so as an example, uh, today, we're, we're actually recording this on Thursday the 10th. It'll air on uh, Saturday the 12th. And just today, the market was down over 500 points. So yeah. in, probably in anticipation of those rates going up. Yeah, and the 10-year Treasury uh, 
broke through the 2% barrier today, which it hasn't been above, I think, since 2018, maybe 2019. 2.031, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so 2.04 is a pretty important line uh, now. And if we cross that, which it may happen while we're on this call, uh, you know, <laughs> 2.1 is the next uh, the next logical stopping point. And so, you know, when when whenever you borrow on a mortgage, right, there's the other side of the equation. There's the person lending the money who's earning the return, right? Yeah. Uh, they actually generally buy what are called mortgage-backed securities, uh, which is what Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac produce and sell uh, on the market from the mortgages that are created, right? Um, those kind of investors are comparing the risk of treasury bonds to mortgage investments, and if treasury bonds are at 2.1, but you got to guess they're not buying mortgages at the same uh, rate. So yeah. as treasury bonds rise, mortgage rates got to be above that to attract investment. Um, so that's why when you see treasuries go up, mortgage rates will generally also be going up. Uh, right. It's not one to one, but you, it's a pretty sure bet that if you see the 10-year treasury going up, mortgage rates are up. Or if you see the 10-year treasury falling, mortgage rates are going down. Well, it's interesting. In, in the old days, uh, hard money loans would generally be 5% above uh, prime um, and then, or, or actually it was more, whatever, whatever you could get a normal bank loan for roughly 5% more. And then uh, as competition came in for hard money loans that went all the way down to about a 3% spread. So it's kind of, kind of the same way where, you know, you kind of look at it's sort of the risk, uh, but there's also the supply and demand. Yeah. Issue. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be um, a lot of more competition uh, by mortgage banks out there for everybody's business. Um, yeah. you know, the last few years, mortgage industry has added a lot of employees who now all still want to keep their jobs. So the mortgage banks are going to be competing, but the underlying market going up, there's only so low uh, they can go because everybody yeah. still has to sell those loans or, or hold them uh, in their portfolio and they got to compete with other uh, asset classes. Yeah, everything's based on alternatives. And if you can get a, quote, risk-free return from the government uh, as treasury bonds uh, are, are going up, you're, yeah, I could see that you'd have to raise the interest rates on the mortgage-backed securities to attract investors. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so what what generally is that spread difference? Uh, so it's a good question. Um, so mortgage-backed security prices aren't what a consumer would say, would get, but like the the 3% coupon today, um, which is basically an average of 3% rate is the easiest way to do, uh, say it, was yeah. selling at around 100, it actually a little bit less. And 100 means uh, par, par, right? Uh, no, no premium on that. So, you know, if you figure that's at about three and then, you know, 10-year treasury is about 2.1, you, you know, you're talking about, and these are really rough numbers, but you know, uh, yeah. about a 1% spread, gotcha. I'd say. Okay. Uh, and that spread changes over time as risk in the housing market uh, changes, right? When, yeah. when people feel very secure about the housing market and the security of homes, when they're going up in value so quickly, right, yeah. and the security is great, well, then, you know, that, that spread will come down. And right now, the right. foreclosure rate in the country is the lowest or almost the lowest it's ever been. So, uh, you know, very secure investments and, and houses are going in value. But if that changes, the spread will increase. Very good. Okay, we're going to cut to our first commercial break. And again, if you know the answer, uh, Dane, wait till we get uh, back uh, from our commercial break. First trivia question is, what TV show began with the words, there is nothing wrong with your television set? 
This is probably before your time. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Stay with us. You are listening to The Best of Investing. Don't touch that dial. We are going to be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The Answer. Now, back to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM, The Answer. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest co-host, Dane Moeller of Primary Residential Mortgage. Uh, First trivia question, what TV show began with the words, there's nothing wrong with your television set? I mean, I would guess Twilight Zone, but that's probably not. You know what? That's pretty close, though. There, There was a time in the 60s when... There were a whole bunch of shows like that. Uh, one Step Beyond. Our, uh, this one happened to be out, The Outer Limits. Okay. Which was kind uh, of also kind of creepy. Uh, yeah, Twilight of, Zone. That sounds like a start, but uh, Outer <laughs> Limits. I have to brush up on my 60s TV for that one. All right. Hey, I want to make a quick mention here for Palio Restaurant, which has been the premier Italian restaurant serving downtown San Francisco since 1990. Uh, They've been in business, obviously, over 30 years. They went through a recent remodel, uh, complete remodel recently. And it's uh, no wonder that uh, guests, uh, or excuse me, that it's been voted one of the best restaurants in San Francisco by San Francisco locals. Uh, so visit polio.sf.com and view their menus and make a reservation today. All right. So, Dane, we're talking, excuse me, about um, interest rates. Uh, generally, right now, today, what are, what uh, for, I know there's, there's conforming and there's jumbo and there's 15 and there's 30. Can you go through the gambit with us? In terms of uh, generally where things are standing these days? Yeah. Um, so uh, you're looking for, for kind of, let's say, a perfect scenario, uh, higher 3% on the 30-year fix, approaching 4, um, 15-year fix, mid 3%. Uh, jumbo loans, if you have a great scenario, you can do better than conforming. Um, so you can still be like mid threes on a 30-year fixed um, and a little bit lower. I'm going to guess that has to do with if the loan to value is really. Loan to value, great credit score, lots of assets, um, you know, meeting debt to income requirements. You know, the jumbo does a little bit better job of, um, of rewarding somebody that has a really great position. Where conforming loans, they just say, hey, if you meet the minimums, here's, here's your thing. Outside of credit score, uh, loan to value. Yeah. So, uh, so on a 15-year jumbo, what uh, what are we looking at? Like low threes, low three and threes. a quarter, I'd say. It's probably pretty average right now. And a 30-year jumbo? Three and a half. It's not yeah. that big a spread. Yeah, yeah it's, I know. It's funny. In, in, the, in the old days, it used to be at least a half a point uh, difference yeah. between 15 and 30. Yeah. Uh, the spread has come down, and that, that's natural as you start to approach zero. Um, you know, that's, yeah. that'll happen. Um, you know, as, as rates compress, there can be only so much difference. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting to think about why it would make sense to do a shorter term. Um, often we say that in order to do a shorter term, you need to get a lower interest rate because you're giving up flexibility, right? You can always pay off longer loan faster, but you can't, on your 15-year fix, you can't say, hey, this month I want that 30-year payment. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So you have to think, what is that flexibility worth to you? And then in return, how much less are you being charged from the bank? How much lower interest rate? And for a quarter percent, uh, unless the payment's really low, I don't think it's worth giving up that flexibility. 
Um, so. I would agree. Yeah, for a, a quarter percent, I would just take the 30 year and just if I have extra principal that month, just pay it down. Yeah, you can turn it into a 15 year by making those extra payments. Sure. And you never know, you know, if you want to buy another property and turn that into a rental and then you're real happy of a, you know, three and a half percent, 30 year fixed, right? Instead of a 15 or who knows, you know, so you leave your options open with the longer term. Uh, but if you are getting you know, three quarter percent difference. Well, then, hey, that's a, that's big. yeah, that, that's huge. Uh, we're we're go, we're going to uh, mention this a couple of times, but how do people get a hold of you if they have questions uh, for uh, residential mortgages? So uh, easiest way is either call or email. I'm here in San Rafael, California. So uh, phone number is four one five eight seven zero two seven five two, or you can always email me at d as in David, m as in Mary, o l e r at primeres, that's P-R-I-M-E-R-E-S, as in Sam, dot com. Okay. And you guys are actually mortgage bankers, right? Correct. Yeah, so we are mortgage lenders. We're a direct lender. Everything we do is in-house in terms of underwriting, processing, funding, servicing. Um, huh. So we're, we keep everything within our small group, which lets us uh, get things in quickly, uh, meet quick deadlines, quick turn times. Our underwriting right now, if we submit in the morning, we have an approval in the afternoon. So, uh, wow. Okay. Nice. And, and what's the fastest that, uh, if somebody gives you a complete file that you can actually, the fastest we can close, um, is generally very dependent on the appraisal terms yes. because mm-hmm. that's still the bottleneck on uh, most deals, but sometimes we have appraisal waivers and now Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are actually allowing desktop appraisals yeah. in a lot of purchases. Um, so without an appraisal roadblock being closed in 11 or 12 days. That's really fast. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Uh, if I remember uh, what you said at the beginning, though, was that sometimes uh, you can also broker deals so that uh, someone comes to you. And if for some reason it doesn't fit into your criteria, you can still get them the loan Absolutely. outside, which is really good because then you can kind of be a one stop shop. Um, that's sort of that independent broker. If you guys have the best deal, boom, get it. If not, you, you know, or, or if there's some kind of glitch, you can just turn them on. Uh, somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we are seeing a big uptick in the investor debt service coverage ratio loans. So those are loans that only look at the the investment property and don't look at personal tax returns or personal income. Uh, so for people that uh, have purchased homes with somebody like yourself and, you know, are looking for a longer term, lower rate, uh, the debt service coverage ratio is great. Uh, we can also qualify self-employed income using bank statements uh, through oh. our broker. So for people that uh, may have real strong revenue coming in, but their tax returns, you know, they may have a few write-offs on there. Uh, yeah. That statement qualification is a great alternative way uh, to qualify income. And we do that through our broker channels. Yeah, that's really uh, a powerful tool because going to a typical big bank, you know, they're going to scrutinize everything and tax returns and, you know, you look through your checkbook and well, why, why did you spend $100 over here? Explain this to us. Uh, it sounds like you guys obviously do underwriting, but you have some flexibility. We try to be as make sense as possible. You know, we're a, we're a full service. Uh, we like to say Nordstrom style uh, lender versus a big bank where, you know, you're just going on the conveyor belt. They're sending you to a processing center in another state. And if they do your loan or not, they doesn't change their day. Gotcha. Tell you what, we're going to go to our second trivia question, but it goes kind of fast, you know, here's our uh, second trivia question here. What is the name of Stephen Hawking's cosmology book published in 1988. I, I don't know how many other books he's written, but this is like his, his famous book that everyone seems to uh, 
refer to. Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. What is the name of Stephen Hawking's cosmology book published in 1988? Stay with us. Best of Investing will be right back. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest co-host, Dave Moeller of Primary Residential Mortgage. Second trivia question, what is the name of Stephen Hawking's cosmology book? I always want to say cosmetology, but that's different. Cosmology <laughs> book published in 1988. What was the name of that book? That one I do know, uh, A Brief History of Time. A Brief History in Time. That's the answer. Very good. Um, also, I want to make a mention here for uh, this uh, sponsor we have called Catch Some Relief. And it's kind of funny because they're, they actually have uh, this pain medication. Originally, it was designed for fishermen. But then they realized people other than fishermen have bad backs and stuff like that. And they actually sent me some of their products. And it, it actually kind of works. <laughs> I was actually pleasantly surprised. It's like, you know how like, uh, you know, sort of like Ben Gay, you know, it's that sort of thing, but doesn't have that smell. Yeah. And, uh, and it works pretty well. Uh, so to check them out. Just You can just Google catchsomerelief.com and you'll find them. All right, uh, Dane, a, a, um, uh, an email comes in uh, that's kind of right up your alley here. It says, uh, if I lock in a rate uh, and rates go down before I close my loan, can I get that lower rate? Yeah, it's a really good and uh, typical question. We get it quite often. Um, so when you lock a rate, it's like a, a verbal handshake with a lender that that's the interest rate you're going to close at, assuming nothing changes with the characteristics of the loan. You know, your loan to value doesn't change, your credit score or something like that. Okay. Uh, if rates go up, obviously the bank's not going to come back to you and say, hey, here's this higher rate um, because you locked it, right? Yeah. And the idea is if rates go down, you're going to do the same. In practice, however, lenders don't want to lose all of their locked loans if rates fall. Right. And they know consumers have choices and they could start over somewhere else if rates go down a significant amount. Yeah. So most lenders, ourselves included, have what's called a renegotiation policy, okay. also known as a float down policy. Um, and if rates change by a certain magnitude, we can go back in and move down to the lower rate. Um, so Makes generally sense. by magnitude, you're thinking about three eighths of a percent or yeah. more rate. So, I mean, it's a big change. One um, eighth percent, let's say you lock three and a half and it's 3.375. Generally, the bank's not going to uh, float down in that circumstance. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, most people too are going to go, you know, do I want to start that process all over again for that little bit? So yeah. that, that, totally, that totally makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, so you know, when, when you lock a rate, you should consider that, you know, you want to, you're okay closing at that interest rate, right? Don't, don't lock it if you don't want to buy it. But know that most lenders are sales included. If there's a big change in the market, we're going to do what we need to to keep your business. Gotcha. So you really don't need to pay that extra fee to lock in the rate. Um, I mean, well, except that if interest rates go up and you haven't locked it in. Yeah, you know, so we uh, don't charge any sort of lock-in fees. So there is no fee to lock in the rate with us. And um, some lenders do, but it's uh, industry in 
uh, most commonly there isn't a lock-in fee. Um, oh, okay. And I'm a big fan of locking an interest rate as long as it fits uh, the overall goals. You don't want to work on, at something and get an appraisal and submit paperwork and then at the end of the process realize that the numbers have gone way up and you're not happy and maybe you don't want to go through with it after all. Right? Well, it so, almost sounds like it's a no-lose situation because if it doesn't cost you anything to lock it in, but oh, by the way, if it's dropped enough, you're probably going to get it renegotiated anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And we, okay. we can lock interest rates on day one and we generally do. Um you know, it's it's in our best interest and the consumer's best interest, especially right now, uh, since rates have been going up. Occasionally, yeah. um, you know, rates are moving down and you say, hey, let's let's watch them for a couple of days. Let's see if we can find a bottom. And um, there's usually kind of a identifiable wave pattern in how rates move in a normal market. Right now, they're moving in one direction, but often they're kind of within a small band and kind of going up and down a little. And you can time it. Uh, we watch that every day. And I have multiple monitors, and one is just the MBS market, and uh, oh. for those things. I mean, you have to kind of watch it hourly, probably, don't you? Well, every it, it's just like a stock market or a cryptocurrency price. It's changing every second uh, yeah. in real time. And that's kind of hard, kind of pinpoint exactly. I mean, obviously, it'd be difficult to get the low, but you know, to to realize, eh, okay, I think now is a good time to to lock this one in. You know, we uh, we spend a lot of money and uh, and time reading expert opinion and studying the market. And I've done this now for almost twenty years, and I've been looking at that chart for a long time. So after you spend, you know, ten thousand hours looking at the same chart, you start to see some things and and feel some patterns. And yesterday was a day where I said, "Hey, we need to lock. We need to lock in." And uh, we locked a lot of loans yesterday ahead of today's. Uh, big red tape uh, so you know we saw how much, how much uh, spread uh, difference was there uh the mbs market lost almost 100 basis points today that's uh, uh that's a point that's a lot it, it's a and that uh, that's to the price not the rate rates didn't yeah. go oh, up a point. oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah that's right but nope. that, equ- that equates to an eighth or a quarter percent uh, yeah. basis gotcha points. gotcha but that is still pretty. Uh, you usually don't even lose 100 basis points in a day. No, an average day is uh, 10, 15 uh, in one direction or another. Uh, so this is a big, a big day, and unfortunately not the way that uh, anyone would have hoped for. Wow. Well, I can't say enough good things about you guys because uh, we've actually worked together pretty well the last few years where uh, it's been pretty symbiotic because I've had clients come and need a normal bank loan which is right up your guys' alley and the uh, personal service you guys do, uh, the, the clients have come back and said, uh, thank you very much for referring these guys. They, uh, they, did, they did me a good job, you know, with yeah. the rate and the service. I appreciate that. And then on the flip side, there's been times when, uh, you know, maybe someone's credit score was just a little bit lower than you guys could work with. And so, or, or there's been some kind of weird glitch and you've turned it on to me and we've been able to work on, on this side of the equation. So, it's kind of it's I, I like this relationship because, uh, you know, first they, they, they come to you and uh, then if it doesn't work out, you send them to me and I get the loan done and then I send it right back to you so that you can refinance them at a lower rate. So I like I like that. That works pretty well. Uh, let's see. I, uh, give out your uh, information one more time. We're going to cut to one more break. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, so my name is Dane Moeller at Primary Residential Mortgage here in San Rafael. And my phone number is 415 
1-800-242-2752. And my email is dmoler, D-M-O-L-E-R, at primeres, P-R-I-M-E-R-E-S, as in Sam, dot com. All right, here's our last trivia question, our next one. What was Richard M. Nixon's middle name? What does the M stand for? Call 888-912-1190. First caller with the correct answers and win that tanning certificate. Stay with us. Best of investing. We'll be right back. For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. The best of investing will continue in a moment on 860 AM. The answer. Now, back to the best of investing with Edward Brown on 860 AM. The answer. Welcome back to the best of investing. Edward Brown here along with Dane Muller of Primary Residential Mortgage. Um, third trivia question. What was Richard M. Nixon's middle name? What does the M stand for? As a kid who grew up watching The Simpsons, I know this is Millhouse. Millhouse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Richard Millhouse. Hey, you were two for three. Boy, that's uh, that'll, that'll get you in the Hall of Fame. Um, okay, so now, Dane... Uh, Ordinarily, you know, I mean, obviously you're working with mortgages, but you obviously follow the, the real estate market. Do you want to give us an update? Yeah. And, you know, we work with a lot of realtors. We work, obviously, with a lot of home buyers. And we're seeing what's happening with prices and with uh, the market in general. And prices increased dramatically, as everyone knows, last year. And, you know, it's how long can they do that? And uh, my prediction for 2022 is we will continue to see prices rise. I don't think we'll see them quite as much as last year, but there's a lot of barriers to supply out there. And uh, those barriers aren't going away anytime soon. Uh, Higher interest rates are going to be another barrier for sellers because they're going to have to move to a new loan. And if they have two and a half percent and rates are at four and a half percent, are they going to sell? Right. Um, So I think we're going to see property taxes have already been a hindrance because unless they're uh, uh, older, they can't transfer their property taxes. And if their house has gone up since they bought it 10, 15 years ago, um, that's a big change. Uh, now we're going to have interest rate shock as part of that change. So I think that we're going to continue to see uh, restrained supply, uh, low inventory. Demand is still very strong. We've had a big cultural shift in uh, the importance of home due to uh, COVID and how much time everyone spent at home. Uh, and we still have um, we still have this big group of millennials that are uh, reaching their early 30s, which is the prime buying years, and uh, they're starting to really hit the market. So I think demand will stay strong. Values will continue to rise. Um, and a lot of people say, well, should I buy? I mean, it's crazy, these prices. I saw some uh, statistics on rent increases. Uh, this past January was larger rent increases than the last six Januaries combined. Uh, really? depends on where you look. Some people are saying 4% increase. I saw it as high as 18% increase annualized uh, in rents. Wow. You know, if you're, if you own a home, once you get that mortgage, I mean, your tax and insurance might go up a little bit, but that payment, I mean, that's, that's it, right? That's yeah. your payment for the next 30 years, let's say. Your rent, not the case. So even though prices have continued to increase, I still think it's a great time to buy, get in, lock in that housing expense. Um, because if we're going to get into an inflationary period these next number of years, yeah. rent not going to be left out, um, and it's going to put a big squeeze on people. That I mean, I mean think about it. They, they're landlords. It's not that necessarily they're being greedy, but if, if inflation is going to hit, then 
you know, the cost of repairs and roofs and plumbing and et cetera, et cetera, goes up and they've got to pass that on to some degree to the renters. Yep. Um, and, and it's supply and demand. And there's been a huge increase in uh, rental properties owned by Wall Street. I mean, it's something like yeah. 25% or all purchases are, are by big institutional firms. And, you know, the, it's not greed for them. It's just their business and it's supply and demand and they're going to charge what the market can bear. Um, so, you know, and that ripples through the entire economy. And to your point, the landlord costs are going up too, right? So they got to cover them. Um, yeah. So, you know, I do think if you can get into a house, it can be intimidating to see pricing going up and rates going up and, you know, it, it's, it, it can be a complicated process, but, you know, we help people get into homes with very low down payments, challenging situations. Um, and, you know, I've seen people that have come in with less than $10,000. I had lunch with a friend uh, last week who we helped get into a house. He was out of pocket, less than $10,000. He now has a hundred thousand dollars in equity. Um, so, you know, think, you know, he, when I first sat down, he said, I can't buy a house. I don't, I don't have 20% down. I said, you don't need 20% down. You don't even need 1% down. We can do it. And he bought a house up in uh, Petaluma and uh, now has over a hundred thousand in equity from thinking, how did he put down less than 1%? How could you guys do that kind of loan? So we, we partner with um, some uh, state programs, uh, California, uh, Cal HFA, California Housing Finance Authority, and also the Golden State Finance Authority. Um, they do down payment and closing cost assistance as long as you meet certain requirements. Um, and they'll cover a big portion of your down payment and a big portion of your closing costs. Um, so, you know, there are requirements, of course, yeah. Uh, but they will uh, provide grants or second liens uh, to help you get in the house. Uh, you know that as long as you can afford it and meet their requirements. I'm wondering. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but I wonder what his rent compared to what his mortgage and taxes and insurance are, uh, especially with when you consider tax deductibility. You know, I know. I know he moved up in cost um, monthly from his past rent. But what's that rent going to be in three, five years? Sure. You know, that's, that's what you got to look at. And uh, he's got, well, got $100,000 more of equity than he had. And he's got equity and, you know, he's got his first child in the way. And now he's uh, been in a home he owns versus a condo he was renting and could have received that 60-day notice at any time. You know, yeah. You got a vacancy of X, right? No one can do that as long as you're paying your bills in your house that you own. What, what you were mentioning about um, the millennials, my, my son is right in that ballpark. I mean, he, he just got married a few months ago and he's tired uh, of, of, of renting after so many years. And they're, they're talking today about uh, looking at a house to buy. I'd say they're out of state, but still, uh, you know, the, the theory is the same. And then also it's possible that the uh, that Congress may change the SALT rules. You know, the state and local taxes, they've been talking about that uh, under the last administration. You know, you can only write $10,000 off um, and if they get rid of that, it'll make it a little bit more attractive for people who own homes with, you know, with real estate taxes. It really will. Um, I got to say, I mean, it's a, it'd be a huge difference. And that SALT uh, thing is such a huge penalty for California uh, yeah. residents and homeowners. Um, and it's an it's an awful, um, awful punishment to the, the coast. I will say that I didn't see as much effect as I thought I would. I, th I think people yeah. uh, look at housing on a more holistic level and run, yeah. and run the numbers in a slightly different way. But I mean, it, it certainly makes a difference when I go to tax time. 
Yeah, I, it, it doesn't generate property taxes, and they're above my salt limit, you know. Yeah, and I, I was the same way. It, 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 it angered me, but not to the point where it was going to change my life. You know, it's just it basically just an extra tax that, you know, get yeah. gold, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because especially it's not just the real estate taxes. It's also whatever you paid in state income taxes. So a lot of people already hit that $10,000 limit there. So they weren't able to deduct any of the real estate taxes. So yeah. uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll change that rule pretty soon. Uh, let's see. We've got one quick minute. We don't have another trivia question, but uh, one more time. you got to give out your information. All right. Well, thanks, Edward. So one more time, my name is Dane Moeller at Primary Residential Mortgage. You can reach me at 415-870-2752 or by email at dmoeller, D-M-O-L-E-R, at primeres, that's P-R-I-M-E-R-E-S as in Sam, dot com. Very good. And uh, again, uh, I can't say enough about your company and about you specifically, Dane, because uh, I know that uh, you and your company have done a, a very, very good job for uh, the public out there, especially now. I mean, I didn't even know about this uh, less than 1% deal. And you got to think that there's a lot of people out there who are wanting to buy a house and, and didn't think that they could because of the 10%, 20%, whatever percent down on that. So. Uh, okay, that we're going to cut to our uh, next, uh, well, actually, there's no trivia question, but we're going to cut to a break. And when we come back, the best of investing will be right back with some closing comments. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on 860 AM, The Answer. You're listening to The Best of Investing on 860 AM, The Answer. Once again, your host, Edward Brown. Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with my special guest, Dave Moeller. So um, in the private uh, money seg uh, sector, uh, it's incredible because uh, Pacific private money has been, has been growing year over year. And I believe last year we did $330 million in loans 330 million wow, congratulations. yeah it's uh it's been it's, the expansion has been uh, incredible because there's been a huge demand uh you know for short-term money you know to get to a point where guys like you can refinance them out and uh, we're kind of uh, spreading the wings so to speak so we're, we're getting lots of brokers online but mostly you know mortgage brokers realtors that sort of thing and um uh, again, kind of branching out to other states. Um, in fact, I think the president had said uh, of the company uh, at Christmas time, he said he was not surprised to find out that it's very possible, not, you can't bank on this, but he, it's, it's very possible that Pacific Private Money is the largest private lending company doing these owner-occupied consumer bridge loans. I know it's kind of a specialized thing, but it's a large market, though. Um, yeah. Because you know you have to have all the special licensing and all that, yeah. So it's it's doing really well. So at Pacific Private Money, uh, from the investor side, we have uh, four different funds. Uh, probably our most conservative fund is our Freedom Fund, where it acts very similar to a money market account. Uh, in that, uh, put your money in, and as long as you give thirty days notice, you can get your money back after thirty days notice. Uh, no fee to get in, no fee to get out, and it just pays a straight six percent. And what are they doing with the money? Well, they're making these short-term loans and selling them to Wall Street. 
So about every two to three weeks, Wall Street writes a very large check back to the fund. So put it out on the conveyor belt and do more loans. Um, and that, that's kind of the, but the, here's the downside is it's a $250,000 minimum. So it's kind of a large barrier there. And then also you've got to be an accredited investor. So, um, you know, net worth exclusive of your home of at least a million dollars, or you make 200,000 a year if you're single, 300,000 if you're married. Uh, they also have their construction loan fund called the North Star Capital Fund. That fund um, pays 8%, has a one-year hold uh, with a target of 10%. And they've actually been hitting the target. So yeah, because a lot of construction going on in California. Uh, we also have the Southwest Fund, which pays a straight 7.5%. Uh, that one, we're buying discounted loans primarily in Texas. Um, and one of the specialties there is the fact that the loan to value is very, very low. So the, the average loan to value is about 44%. And since we're buying loans at a discount, it's under 30%. So that's a very, very conservative fund. Um, it's only a fifty thousand dollar minimum. Have to be an accredited investor. Pays monthly. But uh, now let me tell you the downside. The downside is because it's been so popular. There's been a fair amount of money pouring in. So if anybody invested today, I'd have to tell them, you know what, you're not going to earn seven and a half percent for at least a month because we got to place that other money on a first come first serve basis. So your money could come in, but it's going to sit in the subscription account earning zero until we can place it. And that might be a month or so, but at least you hold your place in line. And interestingly enough, we've actually had a couple of people say, well, I'm earning 0% in the bank. I might as well keep my place yeah. in line with you. And it's like, okay, but just so you know, morning ahead of time, you know, next month, you're still going to get no interest, you know, but once it gets uh, placed, then, uh, uh, then you continue to earn the seven and a half percent and you just give us 30 days notice anytime you want your money back. So for more information, um, you can just email investor, dot relations at pacificprivatemoney.com. Um, you can call me on my cell phone, 415-299-0330. I'm Edward Brown. I'm in the investor relations department at Pacific Private Money. You can also go just check out the website, pacificprivatemoney.com. All right. You ready for our thoughts of the day, my friend? Here we go. Science is organized knowledge. Wisdom is organized life. And who said that was Immanuel Kant. And wasn't he a philosopher, if I'm not mistaken, Immanuel Kant? Uh, and and uh, why can't you trust people who do acupuncture? Because huh, they're backstabbers. That's why. <laughs> All right. Tune in next week to The Best of Investing. We'll be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown, wishing you the best of investing. So You've been listening to The Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. Or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for The Best of Investing on 860 AM. The Answer. This radio broadcast is in no way an offer to sell securities except where applicable in states where we are registered or where an exemption or exclusion from such registration exists. Information discussed during this broadcast, whether stock quotes, charts, articles, or any other statement or statements regarding market or other financial information is obtained from sources which we believe are reliable, but we do not warrant or guarantee the timeliness or accuracy of this information. Nothing in this broadcast should be interpreted to state or imply that past results are an indication of future performance. There are no warranties expressed or implied as to accuracy, completeness, or results obtained from this broadcast.